0: Wow, where does the time go? It does not seem like 12 months ago when we were talking about how we just can't wait to turn the page on 2019. 2019 was a hard year for a lot of people. And I remember that. We were talking about that as a church family. And we were, we were talking about how people in 2019 had lost loved ones. And there were several people who had a long a long stretch of unemployment. There were a lot of people experiencing a lot of stress and uncertainty, and there were family and there were friends who were divided over politics and over a lot of hot button issues. So we were ready. Last year, about this time, we were ready to turn the page on 2019. How much more do we feel that way <laughs> about 20 amen. about 2020?
1: And I don't say that. A and lot. I didn't mean <laughs> to ask
0: you to say amen I know um, Well, this morning, what I want to do is I want to share a few thoughts. I want to share a few thoughts about making plans for 2021. And as always, we got a lot to cover today. So if you're taking notes, I invite you to write this down. Here we go. What are your plans for 2021? What are your plans 2021? Before you lock them in, you might want to remember what happened in 2020 to all of our plans. COVID changed it, didn't it? Near the end of 2019, I don't remember any parents saying, hey, I can't wait to homeschool my kids next year. But what did almost every parent end up doing in 2020? Near the end of 2019, you're going to be able to relate to this, um, students were planning on going out for musicals and people were planning on going out for sports and, and going to prom and walking across the stage on graduation day. Those plans changed in 2020. I know a lot of single adults and I don't know any of those single adults who are thinking, hey, I wanna come up with ways to make dating even harder and even more awkward than it is right now. I can't think of a single grandparent who was planning to spend less time with their grandkids. I can't think of anyone who is hoping to cancel their vacation plans or lay off employees or shut down their businesses. So before you get too far, into making plans for 2021, here's a question worth asking Where do your plans come from? If you're planning on the sun coming up tomorrow, you can bet your bottom dollar. If you're planning on the Vikings winning the Super Bowl, you might want to hedge that bet. Can I get an amen? No, because no, she doesn't <laughs> love sports. I don't can care. I get an amen from one of you? All right. All right. Well, the tagline for the series is the advent of hope. The long-awaited arrival of Jesus brought a very different kind of hope into the world, a hope that we can anchor to, a hope that is in things that are certain. Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can learn about the difference between our plans and God's plans, and we're going to discover this life that our soul longs for most. The text we're going to look at today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, so if you have your Bible with you, let's open up. If you don't have a Bible at home, youversion.com is a great place to go find a great app. Well, I'm excited to have Emma here this week. I'm
1: back. She's back.
0: If you're wondering why she's here, um, especially this week, I'm really excited to have you here, not just because you're one of my three favorite people in the whole world, but also because she's going to be reading the account of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And remember, as she's reading this, that Mary, it is highly likely that Mary was younger even than Emma. So uh, as she reads, think about that. All right, here we go. Let's get started. Verses 26 through 27.
1: In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary.
0: All right, last week we focused on what came right before this story. And that was a story where Gabriel, same angel, appeared to an old priest named Zechariah. He was in the temple in Jerusalem. Well, from there, Gabriel then was sent to this young woman named Mary in an obscure village. All right, let's continue on, verses 28 through 30.
1: And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God.
0: One of my sources said that the phrase that's translated here as you have found favor can be translated more literally as you have found grace. And I find that very interesting because what's about to happen here in this story sounds like the opposite of grace. God is about to announce some plans for Mary, that Mary never would have chosen on her own. And you'll see why here as we continue on. Verses 31 through 33.
1: And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end.
0: All right. Well, so far, this sounds like a great plan. In that time and in that place, babies were a blessing. And consider what the angel had just said about the plans for this particular baby. In the story that we read last week, Gabriel announced that Zechariah would become a father and his son John would be great before the Lord. What does the angel say about Jesus? The angel says, he's going to be great. Period. And not only that, he's going to be called son of the most high, which is a title used in the Old Testament to identify the one true God. And not only that, he's going to reign for how long? He's going to reign forevermore. He will be the ruler of a kingdom that's never going to end. So, so far, what is not to love about this plan? This plan is tracking the same way that the plan was revealed to Zechariah. Let's compare really quick. Verses 11 through 20 with 28 through 38. In, 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 on the, 11 through 20 side, you've got, he was troubled, the angel said to him, don't be afraid, bear a son. On the 28 through 38 side, you've got, she was troubled, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, bear a son. Then on the uh, 1120 side, you've got, and you will name him, said the angel, and now, and you've got the same thing on the other side there too. So, so far, this plan that's being revealed to Mary, it sounds an awful lot like the plan that was revealed in the story earlier to Zachariah and Elizabeth. But then comes verses 34 through 35.
1: And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be bo- to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God.
0: All right, there's the twist. And most of you know this story. The baby's not going to be Joseph's baby. In fact, this baby won't be conceived the normal way at all. This baby is going to be the son of the Most High. All right, verses 36 through 37.
1: And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary's... Oh,
0: and that's it. Just it. Perfect. Now Gotta do it once. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> now before we look at how Mary replied to this unexpected twist in the plan, let's talk about the context here. There was no real downside to the plan that gave Rio gave to Zechariah and Elizabeth. But that's not the case here with Mary. In that time and in that place, Mary had everything to lose. In Luke's gospel, he highlights several women who are examples of great faith And Mary is one of them. In the first century, women were considered second-class citizens. Without a husband to provide for you, where's your income going to come from? Without a husband to protect you, who's going to keep you safe from strangers? Without a husband to have children with, whose kids are going to care for you when you're old? If you found a guy who would take you in in that time and in that place, and he wasn't your husband, then there's all kinds of shame around that. And he's more likely to leave. And when he leaves in that time, in that place, you're considered damaged goods. Marriage mattered in that time, in that place. It mattered a lot. And here's something else that was on the line for Mary. Mary was betrothed to a good man. She had gotten lucky because in that time and in that place, most marriages were arranged by parents, which sounds like a great idea. To my dad. To me, maybe. <laughs> well, Mary was one of the lucky ones. We learn a lot about Joseph in, in Matthew's gospel, and Joseph is a remarkable, remarkable man. So now you're starting to see why these angels' plans seem so risky. If Mary does what the angel says, she can lose Joseph. She could spend her life being considered one of those women. She could spend her whole life just struggling to survive. Which then begs the question, why couldn't Jesus be conceived the way that John was? This doesn't seem fair. All right, then there's this, there's this prophecy that was given to her by a man named Simeon. He said, behold, this child will be appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And what does he say? He says, a sword is going to pierce your soul too. That road ahead was hard, really hard. Mary and Joseph, they would be poor really poor. They would spend part of their lives as refugees. As Jesus grew older, there'd be a point where Mary wondered, has he gone mad? And Mary was there when Jesus was crucified. Now, with this context, let's consider the words of this brave young woman. Here they are.
1: And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
0: Do you hear that? Do you hear how she responded? Let it be to me according to your word. Wow. In fact, that sounds an awful lot like the words Jesus would say later, doesn't it? When he said, not my will, but thine be done. Why would you trust plans like that? Why would you trust a God like that? Why would you trust plans that often take us down difficult and painful paths? There's a place to write this down. God's plans are purposeful. Pregnancy, birth, they are hard and painful things. Why would anyone endure them? People would endure them because something wonderful is happening inside of you. Something beautiful is about to come into this world. Mary was able to recognize God was doing something and it would be worth it. We see this reflected in a song that comes forth from Mary. It is a song of praise that follows her decision to choose the path of obedience. Today, they actually have a name for this. It's called the Magnificat. It's been recited in monasteries and chanted in cathedrals. It even was set to music by Bach uh, himself. I found that out this week. Here's a small part of this. Magnificat verses 46 through 49.
1: And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name.
0: God has plans for you. He does. You're loved just as you are, and God loves you too much to let you stay there. If you're taking notes, you might wanna write this down. Those who are most disappointed by God often wish their savior acted more like Santa. This is something that we've said before in this series. Those who are most disappointed by God, they often, what they do is they make their plans first and then they say, God bless my plans. Instead of saying, God, what are your plans? Instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When I said yes to following Jesus, I'll just be honest with you. When I first said yes to found Jesus, about your age, um, it used to be 90%. Man, God, why are you making me say no to all these things? About 10%. Hey, this is really great. The older I get, the more that percentage just shifts. The more I recognize, I don't have life as figured out as I think I do. God really does know what's best. You might be thinking, that you'd be happier on that road than most people are traveling. And this is probably true. Each and every year, don't you see this? Oh, more yeah? and more and more with people when they make these plans, they think, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And then you start to go, yeah, but they cry a lot more yeah. than the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it may look like people are having a lot more fun. But boy, you get people honest, you know, and you start to recognize a lot of people aren't as happy as they present themselves as. Don't settle for faith in a little G God that gives you what you think you want when there's a God who does really have better plans for you. The word says, you're his workmanship. You're created in Christ to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. And the good news is even better than that. It's even better than he wants to do great things through you. He wants to do great things In you. The Apostle Paul used these words when he wrote to one of the churches that he planted. This is Galatians 4.19.
1: I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you.
0: Did you hear about that? He talked about, it's like childbirth. He's in these, he's feeling that God wants to do something in these people. And he's like in, in the pains of childbirth as he's waiting to see that formed who? Formed in them, in them. I think a lot of people have given the choice They would choose to give birth without the pregnancy. Not just literally, figuratively too. You know, we want to experience that mountaintop without the climb. But there's a purposefulness to all that God does. This is worth writing down. As we pursue God's plans, we don't just make the world a better place. We become what? We become better people. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. I guarantee that the life marked by faithfulness, is going to be filled with unexpected turns and probably a lot of pain. But I can also say this. If you remain faithful, you will come to that place where your soul will magnify the Lord. Your spirit will rejoice in God your Savior. So here's our invitation to you this Advent season, Discovering God's Plans begins with a sincere desire to actually know them that's where it all starts if you want to learn god's plans or discover his own plans it starts with a sincere desire to actually know them in our first series in this new year as we were gonna, this new year here's what i meant to say in our first series of this new year one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to give you a really practical tool that you can use To try to discern God's will on a regular, ongoing basis throughout your day. Where you can start to to discern God's plans for you and your family, for your work, for your future. But this morning what we want to do, with this little time we have left, is to challenge you to make a conscious decision. Right here, right now. To follow the example of Mary, who had a choice to make and she responded with faith and courage to hold her own plans loosely, and then to respond to God's messenger with these words.
1: Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word.
0: Your life will change if you start living like that. Well, we couldn't find a great version of the Magnificat to close today's service with, So instead, we chose to go with this song, and I love this song. It's a song that we introduced several Christmases ago, and it's become an ECC favorite. You probably, yeah, yeah. I've been singing this one around the house quite a bit. Um, the song starts with this. It says, in the bleak midwinter, all creation groans for a world in darkness, frozen as a stone. Light is breaking in a stable for a throne. You know, what a great verse for a season like this. It reminds us that God is at work in this broken world. He's got plans and those who have eyes to see, we can see him at work. I love the bridge of this song too. Into our hopes, into our fears, the savior of the world appears. The promise of eternal years, Christ the Messiah. I love the hope that's embedded in these words long-awaited Messiah has come. Let's welcome him. Let's receive him. And there's something I'd never noticed about this song before. The chorus in this song, it comes from Luke. And it doesn't just come from Luke. It actually comes from the passages we've been looking at for the last two weeks. When we sing this song, we're joining with the angels' voices when we sing, Unto us a child is born, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's right on Luke 2.11. And when we sing, He shall reign forevermore. It's a paraphrase, Luke 1.33. So today, we can echo the angels. How cool is that? Let's do that together right now. Let me pray as we do. Father, we pray that you would open our eyes to see how you are at work in this world. We pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to respond as Mary did. I'm your servant. May it be as you have said. Help us now to worship you wholeheartedly through this song. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.